0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Tell Me About It Would You Kill. Um, We have a special guest today. We have Stephanie, who is not only my coworker, aka the person who brought me to Mount SAC, also known as Stephanie, my sister, also known as Stephanie, the person I went to grad school with, also Stephanie, the person who have a lot of experiences together and conversations about Work and life and all sorts of things, um, but before um, I let Stephanie kind of talk about whatever she wants to talk about and our topic today, um, just highlighting some of the things um, about Stephanie and just my experiences with her in general. Um, I think the biggest thing with Stephanie and I is our working relationship is very like very smooth. And I don't think I've ever, ever been in a professional environment where the, the camaraderie and the, the relationship is so like easy. And um, I think that's one of the things that I always cherish about our, our professional um, relationship is like, if I have an idea, if she has an idea, we just run with it and we, we get shit done that way. Um, and everything that we do, I know it's the best interest of our students. And, you know, there's been some ups, there's been some downs, but there's never been any issues with me and Stephanie and, and trying to serve our students. Um, and so uh, that's the one thing. And I tell her all the time, almost every time we, we, we meet and stuff like that is like, I appreciate her. I appreciate that she even thought about me and bringing me on board after one housing conversation. Um, and I appreciate the work that she continues to do. And she's like super dedicated to the students. Like, like I've never been in a job where somebody puts in 120% effort towards their students as much and like it's crazy to see like the dedication and like the effort the energy the time the the countless like hours that you don't get paid just supporting the students and stuff like that um, and so I just wanted to highlight that cuz that is something that I really want to do with this podcast you all y'all know that is highlighting the work that that these professionals do and you know, Stephanie being someone who's super close to me and stuff like that, definitely telling her this. And I, t- I kid you not, I this isn't the first time Stephanie has heard me say this. So, um, you know, I appreciate her and the work that she does, but Stephanie is our guest today. And we will be talking about our experiences as young professionals of color, um, particularly in higher ed, particularly in this field of student affairs. Um, and just like all guests, you know, uh, I like to ask them this question, you know, just so people know that like, you know, this relationship is real. This isn't like some person I brought on just, you know, for clout or for for likes and stuff. So, Stephanie, um, you know, you can start by telling the people things that you want to tell them, whether that's about your identities or whatever. But ultimately, the question for you is talk about an experience that you've had with with none other than me.
1: absolutely so first of all i told you that you would probably have a better introduction for me <laughs> than i could for myself so thank you for that first and foremost like honestly thank you for your words Like. It means a lot every time you say it. But to answer your question, I think that obviously we have a educational relationship. We were cohort mates. So I think that already speaks a lot to it because it was three long years of grad school. Uh, So definitely, I think that's something, but I feel like where I definitely wanna highlight is like you mentioned our work relationship. It is so smooth. We are so in sync, it's scary. I think that we agree on a lot of views and just our perspective and I think our intentions with the students are always like we want to program around what they need and it's like we read each other's minds sometimes when we're thinking of ideas but definitely I think the work that we've been able to do in such a short period amount of time and also in this like remote COVID world is just amazing to me really and I I feel like if I had to choose one thing, it would just have to do the just speak upon the work that we do with our with our students currently and in our current positions, specifically what we did in the summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally transitioned a seven week summer program to a remote program within days, literally, yeah. we literally took days to plan it. but. It's just crazy how, you know, one random day I had just finished reading the Four Agreements and I was just like, our students need to read this because I, I, you know, they go through so much trauma. And literally it was just like a quick text and I was like, hey, I think we need to do this. And that little text just transformed into an entire curriculum of healing circles that we did to, for our students. And I, till this day, I just feel like I get chills just thinking about, how we were able to facilitate healing circles for our students and they were so positive and so healthy. And it literally was just a text and it was just like, I have this crazy idea and you like went with it and we went with it and we were like, we don't know if it's gonna work, but we let's try. And I think that that specific experience really speaks upon i think our work relationship in the sense that we really support each other in that in that way where you have an idea and i would never question it i'm like let's do it you know and let's let's plan it out and let's do it and likewise with me anytime that i have an idea or i'm like hey what do you think about this You never come from a place where you want to like critique me. And again, I think that really highlights for today's topic because as young professionals, we deal with a lot of that where You're and, and I'll talk about it more, but you know, we're always constantly having to prove our ideas and our points. And that's never been the case in our work relationship. And that's so rare. I think so, so rare. So I really treasure that. But I think You make work so fun. I think we have a lot of fun as hard as we work. We have a lot of fun as well with our students. We bring the energy we joke around with them. You know, so I can just say that it's such a smooth work relationship, but you make it fun too. So I I think that just the current programming that we have done and continue to do like today. I mean, we just got off of, of an event today, you know, it's always really fun. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think I want to emphasize that, like, when we say smooth, I mean, like, it is it is literally smooth. Like, there's been, and and we're like, for some reason, like, just we think about similar things. And I think a lot of it has to do with our backgrounds and how we view, like, education and higher ed and what we're supposed to do as professionals and serving our students. Like, there's, I know there was that one time, um, and I normally don't talk about, like, my experiences but whatever Um, but I know there's that one time where like I wasn't working and I texted you hey do you need me to come in and like come to study hall and you were like I was literally texting you that I needed support in study hall and I was just like wow like I don't know how that works it just works that way Um, but like the relationship is super smooth and like we get so much done and to really emphasize the summer and I want to emphasize like and highlight the work that what we do because like like i said before like we we as you know young professionals one we don't get the recognition that we we deserve for the things that we do Two, being you know professionals of color we don't get necessarily the, acknowledge, the acknowledgement as well as the respect that we deserve for the work that we do um and what we were able to do in the summer like we were able to do some like really like revolutionary shit like we we were able to do healing circles revolving around the four agreements and how that literally impacted our students and like having those conversations that dialogue we also were doing the like enrichment fridays where where i was like leading all these different conversations that tied right into the book and every like the amount of feedback that we got from our students about like their transformation and like the things they want to prioritize and their self-worth and their identities and i think that that was like the the highlight of the summer for me too is just being like damn our students are growing and they're they are growing because we are facilitating that space for them um so yeah i really admire that um but um to get into our topic you know because uh, i could talk about you know the work that we do all the time and you know uh because You know, that's what we do. We reflect on it, Um, but um, we are going to be talking about the experiences uh, that we've had as young uh, professionals of color in this in higher ed. And one thing to note, too. um, We are both products of community college Um, We are also (laughs) happen to both work at the community colleges that we once attended as professionals. And so we'll get into that a little bit. But before we get into that. um, My question to you is if you can go back and talk to first-year staff member Steph and give that Steph one piece of advice about navigating like higher ed as a professional, what would it be? One thing you could, at least if it was a warning, advice, whatever.
1: Ooh, we're starting with the advice. <laughs>
0: you have to start there because it brought.
1: You have with the positive. No, I, you know, I feel like we've had conversations around this before, and I'm still, you know, reflecting upon it now because it's where I am now and where I'm currently still working on. I do still consider myself fairly young, but I know I'm not as young as I was when I first started. But if I had to go back and really tell myself kind of where I'm at now is just really, just remind myself that, you know, my ideas are so worthy. And that I really need to stop doubting myself because that's the thing is that you let people get into your head. And you're young, you don't know any better. So you like believe it. And when people pick at you in staff meetings or people question your ability and stuff, you can't help but be like, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not good enough for that position. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. And I really you know, I feel like at times I really sell myself short. I didn't go for those committees. I didn't put myself out there. I kid you not. There is so many meetings where I left feeling so upset that I didn't speak up. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the worst feelings that you can have. When you leave a space and in your gut, you didn't say what you knew you wanted to say. And you didn't say it because you felt like people didn't, you, you know, they didn't want to hear you. You felt like your voice was not worthy. And there was so many times, so many that that happened to me. And now I reflect on it and I'm like, my ideas are good. And I feel like, especially now where, again, we're seeing our growth in our students, we're seeing all this good work that we're doing because we're just doing. And I just feel like, you know, and especially for all those young professionals that are starting off or, you know, are in undergrad and are gonna be applying for these positions soon. Like, you really gotta remind yourself that your voice and ideas are so powerful and you really gotta trust your gut and your passion because my passion has always been there. Since stay one if anything it's only getting stronger but it's always been there my ideas have always been there yeah. you know and i just feel like i really let it get to my head and i just didn't believe because i let other people get into my head and i would really just go back and tell myself like speak up don't be afraid you know let them know that you're there don't hide in the back don't because there was times where i wanted to pretend like i wasn't there right it's easier to pretend yeah. so people don't point at you So I feel like I would have just, you know, own up, speak up. Don't sell yourself short just because you're young. Mm. You have a lot to say and you're very powerful and your age is not a weakness. It's a strength. Mm. And I think that for a long time, I kind of saw it as a weakness. And I think the most shredded question in a staff meeting is what's your age? And you just like cringe when they ask you that or you like, Steer away from me and you're like, you know, old enough or you'll throw back a joke or something, you know, it's I would hate when people would ask you like, so how old are you or how long did you graduate, you know, how long ago was it since you graduated and stuff and I would really like steer away from that question because I really felt like, oh shoot, you know, my age is a weakness. And now I'm like, oh hell no, you know, my age is something that makes me that much stronger, that much more connected to my students. And it's it's amazing that as young professionals, we're doing the work that we're doing and we're just getting started. I'm just getting started. We're just getting started. Yeah. So I think to leave it at that, I would just probably say, you know, my age is not a weakness.
0: Yeah that I think that just that in itself is super powerful like the the aspect of like you know speaking up like in understanding that your ideas are worthy I think you know for young professionals you know at some point you are will you will have that kind of idea at some point right even with me you know I I kind of went through a similar process of like Oh, my ideas aren't worthy. I'll just go to the staff meeting, won't say anything, even if I have opinions on how we should do certain things and stuff, because, you know, I, I felt that my age was a weakness as well. And there's nothing like being in a staff meeting and somebody saying either somebody asking you directly how old you are or someone saying like, oh, you probably wasn't old enough to understand that reference. And you're just like, Maybe I'm not, maybe I am. Like, it's just awkward for you to just say that though, because now people are looking at me like, oh, you are like a baby. And you're just like, this is awkward. Um, But for me, I would say the thing that I would tell myself um, would be to understand that everybody you work with won't always have the best interests of the students. Um, and as sad as that to say, especially for incoming professionals, particularly in student affairs, that's what we think. We think everybody who's in the jobs that we've been fighting for or jobs, our supervisors and above, that they all want what's best for our students. And, and, you know, shortly you realize that, like, you know, some people really just want the accolades, some people just want the recognition, some people just want to be able to say they did certain things and not really care about what our students are experiencing. Uh, And me, I was a super naive young professional um, and I came in working in student life. And so I was just like, of course we care about our students. Of course we care that our students are gonna be involved on campus. And they really didn't, it was more so like, oh, we need to make sure we have these numbers and this and that. And I'm just like, but what about our students? Uh, And so that was one of the hardest things. um, And one of the things that I probably would tell myself, like, hey, like, You gotta go in there and not think that everybody will have the best interest of the students. You hope so. Like, but understand that, like, don't be surprised if a dean is like, I don't really I don't really interact with the students, I don't really have the best interest of the students, I have what's the best interest of the institution. And sometimes those things do not go hand in hand. Like when it comes down to it, some some professionals Will choose the institution over the students, even though the institution is supposed to serve the students. Um, And so that was one of the things I feel like I myself would have loved to have said to myself. Um, So let's get into the more let's get into the juice, you know, let's get into the, (laughs) the Good stuff, right. Um, let's talk barriers. Let's talk. Let's talk issues or things that we've experienced that have really just impacted our journeys right and um i'll go first to kind of give you an idea of what i mean um because i don't really know how to phrase the question um so for example for me um early on in my professional life i learned that staff staff members will look at you as if you are still like an undergrad or one thing that i experienced very heavily was like there's no way that you're a staff member here you must be a student worker and that impacted me so much because i i kept trying to prove to these people that i was a staff member instead of just being ignoring it and doing my job and so i dealt with a lot of like Oh, like they're gonna look at me as a student staff member. People are gonna not ask me my opinion. I'm not gonna be able to do this. I'm not gonna be able to do that. And, and a lot of it brings me back to like like modern you know references of like people saying like, well, let me talk to the manager. And you're like, well, I am the manager. You know, like a lot of that. Is like, well, like, can you go get a staff member? And I'm like, okay. Well, how can I help you? You know. Uh, so that was one thing that changed the trajectory of like my professional life because i started to behave in this quote unquote idea of professionalism which is a good and a bad thing i started to be like well let me wear button downs and slacks and tuck my shirt in and wear my name tag and so people know that i'm a staff member and not a student Um, so that was one thing that's an example that i can give on that situation or that kind of question
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that we have a very similar experience in that sense. And, you know, in in our particular situation, we both worked at the institution that we went to school. So that definitely, I think, at first, I was like, that's such a great thing. It's such a positive thing. I, I honestly, I feel like that's a barrier that I personally didn't see coming. I didn't. I feel like it's one that I don't know, maybe I was so naive, but it was one that really hit me like it was a slap in the face because I didn't expect it. But yeah, you know, I think a lot of us, especially product of community college, which again, huge advocate, the community college system. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I am a I'm a proud product, right, of the community college. So oftentimes our experience is so positive that we obviously want to go back and, and give back, you know, so in both of our situations, we went back to work at the institution that really saw us develop. And I think for both uh, our situations, we were very involved community college students. We were in everything, uh, you know, from our conversations, we were, you know, active leaders and leadership roles, student workers. I mean, we worked to get our name known and we didn't know any better. I mean, we were literally just programming. We were literally just being involved, working because we needed the money, but also because we cared. So. You know, we worked really hard to get our names at this institution. Eventually, you end up knowing people, and people know you and all that stuff. So then, you know, you come back, and you know, people in your, and to me, I was like, it's great. I know everybody. I'm going to feel comfortable. I know the system very well, and I know that, you know, people know me, and it's going to be good. But you're absolutely right. It is a challenge because people struggle to see you as a professional because they're so used to seeing you as a student worker. Yep. And it's really having to, like, be like, no, I'm not the student worker anymore. I'm a professional. I'm a full-time staff member, just like you, you know? And it, it's it's hard. And I feel like eventually it does get better, so it does get better. But in the beginning, you know, it, you do have to work to kind of prove yourself. And it's like people are so used to seeing you a certain way, and you have to remind them, like, that's not who I am anymore and it does kind of make you feel like you have to work twice as hard to prove yourself that you're not that student worker anymore that you know you have all these abilities and you can do so much more so definitely face that a lot Um, but I, I do want to highlight that again I don't know if I was just naive but I didn't expect that one I did not until people were like just the way they would talk to me and stuff, I'd be like, whoa, 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 like that was old me, you know, I got a degree now, I'm a bachelor's (laughs) degree now, like I'm I'm different, you know? And I don't think people got that or people I feel like assumed that I was gonna make same mistake or, you know, they kind of treat you a little bit different. I remember sometimes too, they would be like, oh, I feel like they weren't giving me like full, like they were kind of limiting me in a way, I guess if that makes sense. So definitely that was a big one for me that, didn't see one didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. I feel like another one that I can probably highlight and I think you touched upon it as well and particularly because of the field of work that I do. Uh, A lot of my experience has been with high school students. I do a lot of high school work whether it's outreach, retention, or current you know equity work. It's usually out in the community and out in the high school. I've gotten a lot of where's your student ID? Mm. You know, I've gotten a lot of those. You know, uh, because even people out there, you know, don't think that we're professionals. I've gotten mistaken as a high school student and stuff. And some of them have been very aggressive. Like they've been, you know, I remember this one time I was like proctoring, and it's like, you know, like they're like really aggressive. Like where's your ID and stuff like. You're like I work here. You know, I'm I'm here (laughs) proctoring. I'm here to take the test so definitely i think that just having that younger complexion and, and just the way you dress right too i think speaks a lot on it so for me not not only have i faced it obviously at the actual campus but out in the community and the high schools we look like a high school student so definitely I, I've had people mistake me for that as well um and then another one I'm not sure if you want to definitely talk a lot more a bit because I do feel it has a lot to do with it is the way you dress is the way you act the way you carry yourself is a sure. huge so for me I think one experience that I will share was that so I when I was in undergrad, I was also very, very involved. And I had, you know, positions and stuff like that. And even though I know I wasn't a professional, I know I was technically a student worker. But you know, I was kicking butt and I was programming and I led programs and I had jobs and stuff. But I noticed that people wouldn't take me seriously until I was stressed a certain way. Mm. And that was rough. That was rough. And I was like frustrated and angry, you know, and I like you mentioned there, you kind of have to play the game. And there was a moment in my life where I did dress the part. And I, I was this legit 20 year old undergrad that would sit in her lectures with a full-on you know fancy blazer like in freaking 90 degrees where everyone's wearing little short shorts and stuff i'm in a blazer heels and i'm literally after class running across campus in my heels and for those that that know me know this is true literally running across campus in heels to go to my student worker job but i wanted to dress professional that people could take me seriously Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of that too where it's like you're so young and it's like you feel this pressure to look a certain way so that people actually listen to you you know you have to dress professionally and then you also get that you know well don't wear that don't wear this don't wear that so i i do feel like it is another challenge too is you kind of have to more i feel like it's a challenge for everybody but more so when you're young it's definitely an added pressure um is is the the way you carry yourself i would say
0: oh yeah i think you know, to talk about some of those experiences that you, you touched on, like all, a lot of them. Um, the first being like being a, a staff member at the community college that you were once a student a student at. And for me, like, I was not just like super involved as a student activist, like I was a vocal student activist. And so I like said shit to staff members, to deans, to administration that was like borderline like, like y'all need to do some shit. Y'all need to change the way that y'all approach students. Like y'all need to care more about black students. Y'all need to care more about brown students. And because I was so focused in like black advocacy work, that's like, I got a lot of attention. Like people saying like, oh, he's an honor student, but he's the BSU president. And he's saying so many different things. And he's also like cussing and saying the N word and all these different things. And there's like, but he's a student and his student voice is powerful. The moment I became a staff member, though, all of it changed. It was like the same people who I had cussed at, yelled at, spoke to, were now my supervisors and co workers, and they still saw me as the student act- activist Jaquil. And I had so many barriers trying to move up, trying to get recognition, and stuff like that. And I remember particularly one instance where like one of the deans walked up to me and asked me like what college i was going to transfer to and i was like i'm a staff member on your staff like on your literal staff and you still think i'm a community college student who's supposed to transfer right and then we tie into like dress right because before i started dressing like unquote professionally i was still wearing jeans t-shirt and a hat as you can see on the walls, I I wear hats, like, and, um, like I wear a hat every day. And so like, when I became a professional, it was like, Oh, please. Like they started to emphasize, like, you're not dressing the part. You're not dressing the part. You're not dressing the part. And then I was like, all right, whatever. And it got to the point where I was like, if I want to get work done, if I want to get stuff done, I had to dress the part. And I don't necessarily believe that now, but you know, I would wear the dress shirt, the slacks, the tucked in shirt, the professional brown or black belt, the brown or black dress shoes, right, I'd wear my name tag, you know, I'd comb my hair, not wear a hat, and talk to people and stuff like that, cover my tattoos and stuff, and I started to notice how many people treated me differently, and that's when I was like, yo, this is some unfair treatment, like one, because I'm a young staff member, two, just as a staff member, I shouldn't be forced to be wearing certain clothes in order to get recognition. Like my work should speak for itself. Um, And then another barrier that you mentioned is this like this aspect of like proving yourself. Like I had to like prove that I knew how to do certain things. And I'm like, why do I have to prove it when you hired someone else who's below me in terms of job status and job title and pay grade and you're not questioning any of their work. You're just questioning my work and my capabilities and stuff like that. And for me, right, I wouldn't say that, well, I was well-known at Maricosta and I'm gonna say Maricosta because, you know, they clearly it's, that's what it was. Um, Like I was super well-known and people kept calling me Maricosta famous because they were like, everybody knows you in every department. Like you are that visible, right? And, while I was never on any like catalog or anything like that like brochures and stuff like that my face started to go on some of them and I was like I don't want my face on brochures but I don't really have a choice when it's public pictures that they're taking at events so um, I was just like what comes with the Maricosta fame comes all the downsides to it and I think I started to learn and this will segue into my next question, I started to learn that my student voice way more influential than my professional voice. Like the same things that I would say as a student, I could not say as a professional. Like and I almost got fired multiple times because I would advocate for students. And I'd be like, "Whoa, like I literally have to watch how I say like we aren't doing a good job in catering to our student populations." Because they start to take that as offense that I'm criticizing the work that they're doing. I'm like, no, like we just aren't doing a good job. We could be better in providing resources and stuff. So I think my next question is literally along those lines, like, did you feel that there is a difference in, in like how people like viewed your student voice versus like how people view your professional voice, like the, your opinions or your advocacy for the students?
1: definitely. Oh, definitely. I think that that's just such a huge, huge factor. I think that, like I mentioned, uh, my experience, you know, when I was an undergrad, I, I feel like I carried myself very professionally because I had to, because I wanted to make change. And I noticed that even though I was a student, again, I was trying to make very professional changes. So I needed to dress the part. I needed to do that. So I carried myself very professionally, but that was my like student worker. I was also a student. Hmm. So when I was a student, you know, I was not afraid to to use my voice. You know, we were advocating and you were just out there and really organizing and you could do that. But I, I, you know, I definitely, the power that you have as a student versus the power you have as a staff member is so different. And I think that that transition can be really hard for a lot of new professionals because You may be aware of it. You may be not. But it's really rough because as a student, you're so passionate and you want to change the world. and You're doing it and everything. And and as a student, there's no consequences. You can literally roll up to a dean or whatever, speak your mind. And there is no consequences because you're a student and they need to listen. So we would do that, especially for us. You know, we would be advocating for undocumented students. And we would constantly be fighting and pushing and stuff. And we did that. We, we knew we could push that because we were students. And then you become a staff member. And then you're in these staff meetings. And again, you want to push. And then you, you get hit real quick. Like real quick it hits you that you can't do that anymore. You can't you know that you don't have the level of protection anymore on top of that there's evaluations you get evaluated Mm -hmm. you have like just so much layers and stuff as well that oh you know especially depending on the area you work you know you have to there's just so much to it that you don't have that freedom anymore that you have as a student and that's a really kind of hard transitional period to go through you know and even i feel like with students I think that students kind of get upset at you because you're not fighting and pushing like you used to. And even it's kind of that, like, oh, you know, I've heard people be like, well, you're selling now and stuff like that, and you're not pushing, you're not doing and Again, it's just really hard. As a professional, there's just more pressure and expectations you know that you don't have the same power as you have as a student and it's rough it was really rough for me to be like crap i have to actually be careful and i have to do this and again people some people you know have your back and others don't but some people are like you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that you gotta be careful and that's really hard because as a student you're so used to just pushing and advocating and fighting and as a professional you know you can't necessarily do that at least at the level that you would as a student as a student you have no chill as a yeah. stu- And I, again, I'm talking about as a student activist, right?
0: Yeah.
1: As a student activist, you have no chill. You went out there and you protested and you did it and stuff, you know, but as a professional, you know, there's different ramifications to it. That that transitional piece is is definitely something that takes some time and it's, I think it's a, a, a internal as well. It's like internally, you really have to understand and, and it's hard and it's hard. And sometimes you know that you have to kind of play the part in order to be able to make substantial impact for your students. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it was really kind of wrapping my head around, you know what? I might not be able to be like in the front line as I used to when I was a student. But that doesn't mean that I still cannot make impact for my students. The impact is just going to have to look different because now there's different rules that I have to follow as a staff member, if yeah. that makes sense. And that that took a while to process, but definitely I, I came in like, what the heck? And just angry and frustrated. And again, you're young. So, yeah. you know, you want to take over the world and you have so many ideas and you're frustrated and you've literally lived it. You, like, just lived it. You literally have lived the injustices as a student. So you're frustrated and you want to do something about it.
0: Yeah, that's, I think that was, that's still, because, you know, we're still relatively young. That's still something that bothers the shit out of me. Like, because, like, you know, when I started working back at the community college, some of the people who I did the activism work and was in organizations with were still students there, you know, and they were still doing the organization work. And now that I was a staff member, they were like, oh, now we can make change Jaquils there. He's going to be able to push all of our opinions and ideas. And I was like, yeah, I can. And then the first meeting I tried it got shut down real quick. And I was like, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to do what I thought I was going to be able to do without losing my job. And trying to explain it to them like, hey, I won't be able to do it in that way. And they're just like, oh, you're a sellout. And I'm like, it's hard to it's hard to tell you what I can and cannot do because you're not in these spaces with me and if you're asking me to sacrifice my paycheck that you know that i need because you know i'm from a low income background like if you're asking me to sacrifice my paycheck just for you to vocalize your opinions i can't do that because you have more of a power with your voice than i do so i recommend you actually showing up to this meeting and saying these things
1: yeah so, absolutely you know, and and i you know i based on what you said i think that that it's hard because i feel like as a student you have it flopped yeah as a student you look up to your managers and your deans and you look up to these people because to them to to you they're all powerful and everything so you put a lot of expectation on them but you know this that and i feel like for me when I I thought I thought that when I became a staff member I was like when I was a student activist a student an undergrad I I kid you not like I feel like I just and a part of it is why I entered the field so fast because I was like I cannot wait to be a staff member and have all the power and do everything like I was just so tired of being a student. Because I was like, I can't do anything. Like I want to be a staff member and stuff. And then to finally get the get the position, and then you're like, wait a minute, I had all the power back then. Yep. I was like frustrated, and I was like, why did I rush to be here? Like yep. you know. So it's really kind of empowering and reminding and teaching students like it's you don't. If anything, you get your power taken away as a staff member uh, because as a student you know that's where the real activism and change happens and i think that that's what our role is is to empower our students to use their voice and we're here to support and and you know give them the support that we can with the context that we can and that's definitely multiple conversations that you have to have with students but like you said for me i think i definitely rushed into wanting to have a full-time position because i just wanted to have all the power and it was quite honestly the complete opposite yeah,
0: that's, that's exactly how it was for me too i was all like you know what since they're not listening to me as a student i'm gonna do it as a staff member and then when i got to be a staff member i was like Shit, i could probably do more as a student
1: yeah um, i didn't have rushed into this <laughs> yeah
0: it was a big and i think too like uh, just another issue that prevents us from making the change that we want to make as young professionals is like, because we're young, they place so many burdens and so many expectations and so many like things on our plates that we were taught, you know, whether that's through grad school, or whether that's through whatever means that we were taught, we we're taught like, oh, if your boss asks you to do a project on your own free time, you need to do it to impress them so you can get a pay grade or so you can get a promotion and stuff like that. And so you get all these expectations, and you're like, I'm working 40 hours a week. I got two projects, and I'm still trying to find time to advocate for these students. And it becomes this like, like burden where you're like, I'm burning out trying to like satisfy everybody, and I'm just really gotta figure out me. Um, And I think like, for for the young professionals entering, especially young professionals of color, like like, when you already have the expectation that like, you know. You as a young person, you're supposed to, you know, have the new enthusiasm for making change in the community for making change on your campus. You're supposed to have the willingness to take on any project because you're fresh with theory in your head, you're fresh with experience and eagerness. Right. And then you add on being a person of color like that is just barriers in itself because on my campus, at least and I can't speak for, you know, your campus, but on my campus, I was probably one of like 11 Black staff members, particularly Black men. And so, and if you talk about at the higher level, there was probably like four or five faculty staff who are Black, and then like two or three who were on the student affairs side, and the other two were women, and they were in dean positions. And so it's like, I'm literally the only one on this side trying to figure out what to do to navigate this stuff. Like nobody told me that people would be scared of me as a staff member. Nobody told me that I would still deal with racism from coworkers or from supervisors or from deans. Nobody told me that like sitting on a committee that I would hear how bad they talk about some of our students nobody told me any of these things. Like I had to literally, as a young person, you have to, the biggest thing is like watching your face. Like facial expressions are everything in body language because I was I would sit in a meeting and I would hear like other staff members who are in the same department as me, like undermine our students or like, saying things like, oh, do you really think they're smart enough to do this? Do you really think that, they they can navigate this and i'd be sitting there like looking around like what the hell and that's where the whole like voice comes in like are you going to speak up like because there was times where i didn't speak up right and then the times that i did start to speak up because i was like i just can't handle them talking about black and brown students like this for so long and i spoke up and was all like why do y'all think our students aren't smart enough and then they would try to pull statistics look at their grades, look at these black men, they're, they're dropping out, look at these brown men, they're dropping out at these rates. And we're like, that's our fault as an institution. Like, we aren't supporting them, we're not promoting retention, we're not helping them with persistence, we kind of ride them off after they fail one or two classes. Like that is our fault as an institution. And I say our because I work here now. <laughs> like, because if I was a student, I'd be like the institution, but now it's our institution because I work here. I get paid through you all and I'm at fault too, even if I'm not directly the one causing the issues because I can point to several departments or who are the issues, you know? And so that's the thing is for me, like I can take responsibility as a staff member or as a faculty member um, on campus and be like, we as an institution aren't doing what we need to do. Even if I know it's not my department, even if I know it's administration or admin, admin, admissions and records or financial aid or you know student equity, Like even if I know it's those departments and it's not my particular department, I'm like, we are an institution as a whole. When we fail on one side, we're all failing. Like, um, and so that, that was like one of the biggest things as a young professional that I experienced and was just like, that is something that is wild that nobody like i don't know why i was so naive that i thought that racism was just gonna die down because i'm a staff member but like i feel like it almost like increased and and like or like it was just more obvious in my face because you know when you're a college student and especially when you're at community college you you have those thoughts like i wonder if my professor's racist like you just you just think about those things and then to actually find out that, oh yeah, they do not care about people of color at all. Like their tenure, like, and that's when I really learned like tenure has a lot of power. Like you can literally be like, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna walk out and you're not gonna do anything about it. Um, And you're just like, damn. And so I know another uh, thing for both of us is we, we both have been or are currently faculty members. Um, And being faculty at our age is almost like, we get a lot of different things from, and for me personally, from them thinking that I'm just automatically gonna be inappropriate with my students, um, them thinking that I won't know how to control a classroom when people argue with me, um, to like them thinking that I don't have the experience to teach in the classroom, even though they hired me. Um, So for you, like being a young faculty member, like, what do you feel like is one thing that you experience that you wouldn't experience if you were older?
1: Um, I think that for me, uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned I'm definitely a, a younger faculty. I do think that I... I I will say that I I do feel like if anything my experience has been relatively pretty positive uh, as a faculty member and I I do want to say that I think that taking on the role as faculty I feel like has been so validating for me as a young professional. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I can kind of pinpoint currently a point in my life that has really allowed me to own my worth as a young professional has actually been stepping into the role as faculty, Mm. personally. And I do think that, for me, I was terrified, I'm going to be honest, was terrified to walk into that classroom because I knew, and I think this is the challenge, right, is that I knew that some of my students were probably going to be older than me. Mm. And that's kind of the reality, especially when you teach at a community college. Is that when you're young, the students are typically either your age or older than you. So that was definitely one that I was like, what if these students don't take me seriously, because obviously like I look young, you know, and I could wear the outfit and everything, but I'm still young. So I was like, what if students aren't like, you know, objective or they question what I'm going to say and stuff like that. So I do feel like I, if I was older, there wouldn't be that fear that doubt of that's worst, you know, I think that typically students have a lot of respect for faculty because it's like, Oh my god, my professor, you know, and I do think that that was something that I experienced was that I felt like the students weren't going to just take me seriously which is a doubt that i don't think what i would have experienced if i was much older mm. you know and i do think that luckily I've, I've had lots of support and i don't think that i've received any backlash from from anybody and stuff i think it was more of like an internal thing with students and i had you know one or two comments from students but nothing that i feel like was too bad but i got the comment of like so not necessarily asking me my age, but asking me my age, you know, like, well, how long did it take you to finish your education? How long ago did you graduate? So I did get those comments and at first I was like, oh man, you know? Um, so I do feel like I, it was more of an internal thing. And I think that I wouldn't have experienced so much of that internal fear had i gone, had I been older. You know, but I do feel like the fact that I was able to walk into that classroom and just receive such receptive feedback from the students and the students just really Gauging into the material and getting just positive feedback from the students was so validating for me because it reminded me like I can do this. I can be a young faculty. I have a lot to give in the classroom. Obviously, I do a lot of work outside of the classroom, but there's a lot that I can give inside the classroom as well. So you know, I do feel like a lot of it was very internal, was very like Mm -hmm. fear that the students were not going to be receptive. Again, going back to that, I have to prove myself. And I really felt like students were just not going to like tone me out the minute they saw how young I was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do feel like it was validating because for once I was able to see that it it, it was me all along, had nothing to do with my age. It was what I had to say was, you know, powerful to where the students were receptive and, and took the material. But you know, I did get one or two comments from students, um, but I I do feel like I'm very lucky, and I don't maybe the institution that I work at, right? But I do feel like I've gotten a lot of support from the faculty side, and I feel very blessed uh, to be there as well, and to have the opportunity to be a young professional, be you know a young faculty member, and I think that it is very rare. Uh, for young people to become faculty because there is that, especially faculty, I think that just the title has so much power that a lot of people are like, can't be a young faculty member, you know? And I think that I, I do get the like, well, you're an intern, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm faculty now. I was an intern, I'm faculty now. Mm-hmm. So you do definitely get that, you know, those little comments
0: and stuff. Yeah. yeah I think um, for me, I think <laughs> a drastically different experience. Um, for me, um, the moment I stepped into teaching college, uh, it was a, 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 just a whole bunch of students questioning my capabilities, um, a whole bunch of students doubting like the information. And it was just rough. I think it was very rough when I first started as, as a young professional. Um, and I mean, I'm slightly older, you know, and, you know, and I think I have just a a tad bit more experience in higher ed because I am older. Um, and so, like, I'm still a young professional, but I am moving closer to being a middle aged professional. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, I had a lot of students early on, like, questioning, like, oh, like, are you actually able to teach this class and stuff? But that transition more because, I mean, you've been around my like style of presenting and stuff like that. And there's like, okay, so eventually they it got to the point where they were like, oh, no, like he knows what he's doing, but
1: like,
0: he knows what he's doing. It got to the point where like other faculty members in the, my department, um, especially my department chair um, being like, um we we have reports that students don't like the way you talk in the class and you know the cussing and um stuff like that and i'm like oh well none of these students are approaching me about it and and then you know i would have like my department chair saying well maybe you're not that approachable um things like that and i'd be like whoa like i'm pretty sure I, i thought i was approachable you know um but and so that was like early on but then like you know transitioning into like teaching like high school or like, you know, even with like, you know, our our students, you know, and teaching the the class that um, we created, you know, with the uh, rhyme and reason is like, you know, that space is way more validating because the students actually like, tell me how they feel (laughs) like and like they talk about what they are learning and they say it like in the moment and i'm like cool like you are learning from me we are hitting our goals we're hitting our outcomes like you are applying this to your lives and stuff so that space is way more validating Um, and so i think you know at the college you know the while i feel like there's definitely parts where it is validating being a faculty member but i think that just comes with the power. Of being a faculty member, um, but I've had like some pretty terrible like faculty, and it may just have been the department I was in, you know. Um, I, so like you know, being in the English department is very different than being in the psychology department. I can tell you that, <laughs> you know. Um, but ultimately, I think that you know, having being a faculty member comes with its perks and it came with a lot of good perks but it also came with its downsides for me personally um and then i think um while we identify differently in terms of gender um as a man i dealt with a lot of people thinking that i was just going to be inappropriate with my students um and like it was almost like an expectation that they're like oh like please don't hit on your students and i'm like you think that that's what i i'm going to do and like, I can't speak on your experience, but I'm sure that like you probably didn't get that conversation. <laughs> um, um, but the likelihood of you being hit on as a woman professor at your age, too, and me as a male, it's just drastically different. And um, I mean, you do have a big rock on your finger. And so I think that that does change people's perspective of, of approaching you on that aspect. But um, yeah, it, I think that's one thing, um, but that's a, that can be a whole other like episode in itself, just like interacting with students as a young professional, like, because we're so close into their age, like, things can be seen a lot of different ways. And I know that that's one thing that I, I'm glad I have an experience working, you know, with you and stuff like that and working with our program that I've never had to deal with like, oh, is Jaquil going to be inappropriate with the students or not? You know, um, but I think like, like you said earlier, like being a young professional does have a lot of advantages. Like we connect to our students way differently, right? And a lot of it too, I think that really helps with the work we do now, um, is like when our students say popular references to things, I actually understand them. And so it makes it easier to connect with them. And like, I think right now our students are saying like no cap and cap quite a bit and I'm like I'm so glad I understand this because if I didn't understand it I would be absolutely lost with our students Um, but um, I have one more question for you Um, my last question for you is for an incoming professional like let's say straight up just graduated from grad school fresh with student development theory and all eager to apply this stuff to their lives and to their students lives coming into the field of student affairs as a student of color professional of color right um a young professional of color what piece of advice would you give them for starting their career in higher education
1: definitely uh, there's a lot there's <laughs> there's a lot that i can give Um, A lot of pieces of advice, again, just kind of where I'm at. And I think one that I would start off with is, you know, treasure your energy. I think be very, very mindful of your energy. And I say that because when we're young, we give so much. And I think that that's where it, it gets hard to see just young professionals burn out so fast, so, so fast. And it's because of the topics that we discussed, right? There's so much pressure. There's so much expectation. You're constantly having to prove yourself. Uh, you know, you are working late. You're working extra. Not that those things are bad, right? You, you do have, it. it's it's kind of the reality. in Any job, in any field, when you're getting started off, you got to give 120% to everything you do, right? And it's just it's part of it but you also need to know and understand your limits and you got to treasure that energy because if you're burned out you're not going to be able to give that energy to your students you really got to preserve that energy so yeah there is and and i speak, there is times where i work late and i stayed over and i do that because i have to but i also had to learn to step back and to really preserve my energy and that's hard you know as real freaking hard but you have to you really got to preserve your energy you got to learn to pick your battles learn to pick your battles you can't fight them all you're gonna get burned out literally you're gonna burn out and you're gonna get burnt at your institution you have to learn to fight your battles you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some you got to learn to really ground yourself on which ones are worth fighting. And when you're going to fight for them, make sure that you're using your energy well and you're going in strong. You're not just going in opinionated or because you think, you feel. You know, your students, that's your strength. Using the students, understanding their needs, that's your power. So you really got to understand and pick your battles. You know, in the beginning, I was like, boom, 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 boom you're going to burn out and like I said, you're literally going to be burnt. So you really got to learn to pick your battles and there's going to be some where you're going to have to let go, you know, again, preserve that energy, let go. There's going to be some where you're going to put your energy full force and you will, you know, so. Preserve that energy, take care of yourself. And again, that's something that I'm still learning to navigate and reminding myself like my energy is so precious because I'm just getting started and I should not feel so tired because I'm not going to last very long in this field if that's how I feel. And unfortunately, I think, you know, I would, I'm sure you would agree, we see that a lot. We see a lot of young professionals. There's a lot of people that I mentor that, you know, call me and after a staff meeting or whatever, and they're just like, I want to quit. Screw higher ed. I'm going to go and do my own thing outside, and I'm never going to work for this institution again. And we see a lot of that. We see a lot of young professionals just burning out, and I think that's really have to learn to preserve that energy. And there's going to be times where you are going to have to give it your all, and there's going to be times where, you know, you're not. and again you know what i said earlier really you know you gotta trust your gut you gotta trust your intuition and you chose this field for a reason there's a reason why you chose this field and you gotta remind yourself again like i said earlier your age is the strength that allows you to connect with your students and oftentimes i feel like for a long time i Question. like why are people doubting me why are people putting me down and I always put it back to me I was like me 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 like I'm the problem and I'm not good enough and I'm not this and that's that's not healthy at all and you got to really remind yourself that like people are intimidated by us sometimes they're intimidated by this youth. you know you guys are coming in strong you, you theory is fresh you have innovative ideas and you you've been there you know the struggles and sometimes when we're in the field for a period of time we forget so they're intimidated they're intimidated by what you got to bring to the table so you know you really gotta you know know your worth know what you bring to the table but also be respectful of other people's ideas you know don't come in and try to change everything that's not gonna go well you know understand the culture understand what's going on ground yourself and most importantly learn your students, understand your students, because that's that's what you're there for. You're there for the students and use the fact that you were just there and you know what it's like to help you push through and continue to advocate for your students, but know your limits and really, again, treasure that energy that you have. Mm-hmm. And that is, again, super, super critical and, you know, like I said, there's there's times where I, you know, really, really was quiet and didn't speak up because I, I felt like I people just didn't want to hear what I said, because who do I know I'm young, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just lucky I have a job. <laughs> you know, but again, you gotta remember that, you know, you you have a lot of innovative ideas and you gotta really believe in your voice and your power and and connect with the students. And you know, sometimes you do have to play the part. Sometimes, like Jaquil said, you gotta put on the suit and the shoes and stuff like that. But don't be afraid to like loosen up with your students. I feel like You know, I feel like the trust that I have with my students is because I allow myself to be who I am with them and that's powerful and I think sometimes in the field you, you think it's the opposite, that you have to always carry yourself so professional with students and that is a barrier you're setting a literal wall with your students your students are not going to feel as comfortable talking to you when they see you all dressed up but when they see you and jeans, when you know our students see us in our jeans when we're running around in field trips and stuff it adds you know you take away those barriers with your students you know so again going off of you know it, age is not a weakness it's a strength you can connect with your students and There's a time and place for everything and trust, you know, you know that there's obviously if you're in a staff meeting you're going to dress up because you have to but when you're when you're with your students, you know, you don't have to sell out you can be you be you with your students let that personality shine. You know, I think as professionals, you think you have to act a certain way and talk a certain way and it's like, you know, I feel like for me. Speaking on our experience, we've been able to get the trust and the love from the students because we're not afraid to be ourselves in front of them. And as a prof- and where as young professionals, we've learned obviously, you know, there's time, there's times and place where you have to play the part. But when you're with your students, you let that personality shine, and that is what gives you the power and strength with the students. And I think sometimes as perfect young professionals, you're so afraid to do that. In fact, you're told not To do that, and you know, you gotta be you. You gotta be yourself, and you gotta remember, you know, why you chose this field, and you have a lot to offer.
0: Mm. Oh, there's a lot in there that there's a lot in there that she just said, and one, y'all y'all see what she's saying. There's a reason why she's in the field that she's in, and the reason why she's (laughs) impacting students in the way that she's impacting students, and you see the approach. And if you didn't listen to those gems, rewind and listen again, uh, and just pay attention to what she was saying, right? And I echo every last bit of what she was saying, and and for me, I would just say this one piece is like, and you know, Steph did mention it is, be yourself, like that. If there's one piece of advice, that is the one piece that I would say. Like the reason why I have gotten as far as I have gotten in the field of higher education. Not saying that I am like. So elevated in this field, but I have made a mark in this field and my respective institutions for a reason. I have not stopped being myself in all of the spaces that I've been in. Like there is, there is something that could be said about me in every space and it is Jaquille will always be Jaquille in all these spaces. Like, he's not gonna filter his language, but he's gonna know when to say things appropriately. He's, he's always gonna have the passion for his students. He's always gonna have the best interest in his students. He's always gonna be his self. He's always gonna try to make students laugh and connect to students. Like, that is me being authentic 100% of the time. I'm not gonna fake the funk so my students like me. If I'm myself and my students don't like me, fuck it, they don't like me. Like, but if, if I'm myself, they can at least respect that. And that's all I I want my students respect at the end of the day. I don't need them to like me in order to serve them, in order to do my job. It helps, but I don't need them to like me in order to provide them with the resources for them to be academically or personally successful. And that's the most important thing that I, I would advocate for these young incoming professionals of color, because when you are the embodiment of your culture, your identity, as well as someone who is advocating for students in your field, like people are fucking intimidated. Like people see us as professionals of color, young professionals of color, and they're like, how are they embodying their culture and owning their culture and supporting their populations while still supporting all the students that come their way? Like people are so intimidated that we're making the impacts that we're making on students who look like us and students who don't look like us, right? And, That's a big thing like a majority of my experiences in higher ed have been in programs where the students did not look like me. Right, but I always make it a extreme effort into supporting students that look like me like and That's important for you is like, what are you like? What is your goal in this field? Who are you trying to impact? How can you be authentic without sacrificing like your work like Like I will never choose like selling out in order to get recognition. Like if it's not like me authentically, then I don't need the recognition. If you're not gonna recognize me for who I am, how I am and what I'm doing, then I don't need it. I don't need to pretend to be your idea of professionalism because quite frankly, I don't believe in it. Like I've gotten where I've gotten. I have been able to connect to students the way that I've been able to connect to students because they see me as myself as someone who made fucking mistakes in high school someone who made mistakes in community college shit, someone who made mistakes in grad school like they see me as those people they see me as a person who also learned from those mistakes a person who's always going to be vocal and i've always been vocal i've been vocal in high school community college undergrad and for damn sure i've been vocal in grad school and so like these spaces that i'm in i'm going to be myself because being me is what's gonna get me where I need to go, and at the end of the day, I can be satisfied with my behavior because I was being me. Um, so that's the one piece of advice that I would give, as like for you young professionals of color. And then the second piece of advice is like own your identities. Like if you are a black, gay, bi, whatever, like male, female, non-binary, whatever. Own those identities in your spaces, because those are the identities you're going to go home with. And so own, own them in the spaces that you're in. Don't, don't make them make you feel like the elephant in the room because you don't look like them, because you don't sound like them, because you don't like behave like them. Don't make them make you feel like the elephant in the room. Like, own those identities and then own the work that you're able to do as well. Like They can't say shit about you if you're putting in that work and if you are confident about who you are. All they can do is intimidate hate and envy and those things you have no control over. So let them do those things and continue doing the work that you do. Now, once it starts stifling you in in this world or in this field, that's when you can bring it up to the appropriate people, but also know who the fuck you're talking to. Like, there is a reason why I'm still working with Steph. Like, because I was not supposed to be working this long with Steph. Like, that's, it was not according to plan. Plan was summer. I'm out. It's been almost two years. So like know the people who's going to support you in your job, like people who are going to validate you in your job, and people who are just going to make sure that you're all right. There's been many of conversations that I've had with Steph about like the work that she does. Cause there's days where I know that people are trying to shit on her. And and I'm just like, no, like you do the work that you do and you do fucking fantastic. <laughs> like and the students come to you for a reason. Right. And then there's there's times where she validates me in the spaces that I'm in. And then and then it's just not even just like the professional spaces, just who you are as an individual. Like there's shit and there's clearly shit going on in the world. Like I've never had to go to work and be like, hey, Steph, you know, black people are dying. And like, I just need you to know that, like, I may not be in the right mindset. No, Steph brings it to me like there's shit going on in the world. We need to have a conversation about this. Let's bring it to our students. Do you feel comfortable enough talking about it because this is your pain and your, like these, those are conversations that you have with people who genuinely want the best for you in your field and in your life. And those are the people you gotta, you gotta stay and keep in your life when you're in this field. Cause there, there's some people in your field who are like that. You will find them. You gotta find them, but you will find them eventually, right? I was fortunate enough to have one in my grant program. So like, you will might, you might have to do a little bit of searching and a little bit of digging, but like, once you find them, you got to keep them in your circle because they are ultimately going to help you professionally, personally, and just like be in your life in that way. Like Steph, like Steph is someone who will be in my professional life, right? Regardless of if we're working together or not. And in my personal life and like as someone who's just going to be someone who's close to me and, you know, I, I even say it in, in, our, in the spaces that we're in together, that Steph is a sister, and stuff like that, and the students get all weird, and that's just how they are. But like that's just the spaces that we're in. And so um, those are my pieces of advice. Um, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Tell Me About It with Jaquil. Um I'll leave you all with Steph talking about anything that she wants to talk about, whether that's Instagram, or things that she has in the future. Uh, <laughs> things of that nature, so Steph, take it away.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Well, you know, thank you. Thank you for for allowing me to have this space. And, you know, when you told me, you know, what this podcast was about and stuff, I'm all for it, you know, because we've been there, we're still there, you know, for, for the most part. And, you know, like, I know I didn't mention it, but I legit, you know, started working as a student worker at 18, you know, so when we mean young, we mean young, young, you know, I got my first full time at like 21. So I mean, we're talking about young young and we've been there we've had a set of mistakes so I definitely love the fact that we can just talk about it you know go back and reflect and give advice because I feel like a lot of people especially of color get so discouraged and I've talked to a lot of people that are so discouraged to like go the faculty route especially like because I'm on the instructional side so like instructional faculty side people are so intimidated, especially people of color. So, You know, I love the fact that we can reflect and, and also like you mentioned get some recognition because we don't oftentimes we don't we don't get that recognition for the work that we do and we're, we're over our work is overseen for sure, especially as a new professional uh, Because you're seen as lower lower in the ranks. So mm-hmm. definitely keep pushing find your people. I, I just really want to reiterate what Jaquil said because he nailed it. Find your people because at the end of the day, you are going to go through a lot. And I feel like, you know, our job is not here to say that everything's going to be okay because you're going to face those challenges. It does get better and you do deserve to still push through. But there is going to be days where you're going to be in a staff meeting, you're going to get out and you're going to be like, did that really freaking happen? Did they really just say that? you know you're going to have people that are going to look you down whether it's your identities or your age and you need to have those those key players those people in your life that you can vent to that you know that are going to be there to listen and not you know go out and and snitch or whatever you know but are genuinely going to listen and i think that validation is is very important to really bring you right back up and, and process the thing that happens. So find your people, you know, true, true people that you can trust, whether it's in the field, outside of the field, in a grad program, whatever it may be. But I think there's this culture that like everybody's competition, you know, cause you know, and it's, it's a small world and stuff, but find your people. I think having those people is so critical and you need it. You need to have those venting sessions. You need to have those coping sessions because it can be rough. It definitely can can be rough sometimes but that we need to have more more young people in the field. We need to continue to bring these ideas to our students. You know, I, I really feel like you also mentioned Jaquil, like own your identities and I love that because it's so amazing to, You know, I feel like I've had times where students tell me like you actually get it you know like as a faculty member like you're young and you get it like you know that it's hard to buy textbooks you Mm -hmm. know you're over here helping us get it for free you know that it's a freaking pandemic you understand it you know and it's so like i have students coming into my office sometimes and i i know that they walk in and they see me they see who i am they either see my age or how i'm dressed the color of my skin and it's this like (sighs) feeling and it feels so good you know I, I get that a lot where students come in you just see it like in their shoulders in their body language they just it's just like and they just and just say it you know and it's and we need we need more faculty of color more staff of color we we need we need y'all we definitely need y'all to continue to take these spaces and Because our students need us, you know, our students need us and it does help to have that representation. It definitely helps and it's very powerful. To see, you know, individuals and I feel like that feeling that I'm describing is what keeps me going and reminds me that I need to keep pushing forward because I need To take to be at these spaces and be at these tables and, you know, continue to advocate for students, regardless of, you know, what people may tell you or try to discourage you, you know, keep going keep pushing and you know be you you know be genuine and you and that's one thing that Jaquil knows that for me that's how I want to be known is always being genuine always being intentional I'm always intentional with everything that I do and Being here for the students, you know, I don't forget where I come from and why I'm doing this and I'm not doing this to move up the ranks. I'm doing this because, you know, someone believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Someone took the time to invest in me and it's because of that person that I'm here today. And now it's my job to continue to pull my people up and uplift my people and have more of my community go to college and give back. So, you know, uh, it, it's it's very powerful that, that we keep doing that. Own your identities and it's not a deficit. It's so, so, so powerful. So um, thank you again, just for giving me the space to share a little bit um it was definitely fun and and just being able to just give some advice been there you know i'm still there like i said i still consider myself a little young a little older but still pretty young i would say but i'm definitely just getting started i want that to be known i am just getting started um you know i i do think that It's very important that especially, you know, I own being a Chicana, a woman of color, I'm a daughter of immigrants, you know, I really want to make sure that I continue to impact and empower students and advocate healing. You know, I think that for me, I've worked with a lot of communities of color and there's so much pain, there's so much trauma that our students experience. And I, for me, I think a, a new mission that I've had that really is grounded in the students that I currently serve is advocating for healing, giving space in students, and particularly for me, again, this is me embracing my identities as women, right? Given, giving women the space to vent and process and heal. And I think that that's where I'm headed. That's where i'm going um like i said being faculty has been very validating and it has allowed me to take it a step further in the classroom and provide support for students and i hope to continue to do that and impact students in and outside the classroom but um, i definitely working on some stuff um, i want to continue to spread that message of healing prioritizing your healing putting yourself first acknowledging embracing and eventually getting yourself in a place to heal um, so that's where I'm at. I hope to to just embark in this community and create more spaces outside of my job. Um, I want to continue to make impact in my community, not just attached to my job, but also you know just spread that message of healing in other platforms. So I hope to be able to do that soon um, in different kind of forms and, and stuff. But we'll see where that goes. But that's where I'm at. Um, just want to continue to make change in in our communities.
0: Yes. Um, so first of all, it's not. Hopefully, uh, Stephanie will. Uh, she will be making change, and we'll be doing these things. And you know, I am just very fortunate to you know be around for the process and see the end result. And um, you know, I know that things are coming, and you know, and I can't wait to see those. And I'm definitely going to be here to support those. Um, And, you know, uh, definitely thank you for coming on. I know that, you know, you were there the day I decided that this is the route that I was going and, you know, you've always been there for everything that I've been doing from nonprofit work to the merchandise to, you know, the things that we do in the program and stuff. So I really appreciate you. Um, And, you know, I definitely hope people get a lot out of this episode, because I feel like there's a lot of things that was said. And um, yeah, thank you all for uh, tuning in for, Tell me about it with you kill um, enjoy and I'll see you all the next time